Hey, today we are going to talk about the four stages of business growth. You're going to see the pyramid and we're going to do our best to describe it to you for those of you who aren't looking at it on video, but we'll put a link to the, you know, the image and stuff uh, in the comments from the podcast. So the four stages of pyramid are four stages of business growth on the pyramid. Um, Matt, what's your big win of the week? You know, in boxing or in fighting sports, when they retire a, a person, so mm -hmm. they retire someone, that's basically when, when somebody gets a beating so badly that they figure out that this is not their sport and they decide to go and do lawn bowls or archery or something like that. Um, well, in our game, Steady, as you know, the, the best thing you can have is a client who retires. Um, right. and, and with a big wad of cash, usually, is, is, is our litmus test. And so I had a client retire, which was really cool. Um, nice. I'd been working with them for four and a half years. Um, they did their um, their profit and loss in their balance sheet four and a half years ago, or just, just over four and a half years ago now. Um, and their company was worth $1.8 Um And they sold it. Uh, well, the sale process took a, a little while to, to go through because it's quite a, a technically involved sale process because of nature of the business but they got 7.8 for it um nice. so they went from having a, a nice retirement because they would have had a, a nice retirement um sure. to having a really nice retirement um <laughs> so um which is really cool um and they're a lovely couple they just hit 60 um they've been working for 30 years in their business and had sort of meandered along um Small business, 10, 10 staff. Um, they never had ambitions to grow. And I think that's really cool when you, when you know what you want to be and what you don't want to be. Um, and they had a little cash cow there, but they never really realized the cash. And so we did some stuff in the business and gave them some strategy and that type of thing. And uh, they executed it really well. I work with them every week and they sold it for 7.8 and um, bought me a lovely bottle of, uh, of gin. So <laughs> I was quite <laughs> pleased. <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. What about you, Matt? Um, yeah, mine's a little, you know, usually I try to focus in uh, showcase uh, clients, but this one is a little bit more personal, a little more me. Um, I did my first in-person talk in a long time at a conference down in Anaheim, and I'm actually in, in Tustin, Irvine right now, um, and we went out to San Diego and stuff at Southern Cal at a conference, and it turned out it turned out great. It was just really nice. It was comfortable. The people were great, um, super engaged. So it was it was awesome to be able to be back in person with people, um, which I guess I wasn't really, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't, I was missing it, but I wasn't missing it as much as I thought. Okay. As much as it turns out, I was missing it. Put it that way. Fair enough. It was, it was, it was great to be back you know, with real people engaging, talking, sharing, you know, and, and fielding questions and all that kind of stuff. So that's it. Nice, Mike. That's, that's awesome. Isn't it funny what, what COVID did to us as, as, a, as oh. a society, as some people, we, you know, we got used to talking through cameras like, like we oh, are. For, you know, um, yeah, for sure. I mean, the technology is wonderful, right? Because you're in New Zealand, not Australia. And, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm on the road, you know, in, so, in SoCal and, um, you know, we can still do this. We can still meet. It makes it super easy to work with clients all over 
all over the world, really. And, uh, you know, me mostly in North America, but Canada, you know, different time zones in the US, whatever. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, technology only goes so far. It's so true. Yeah, so true. Um, and I think that um, just on that, we, we, we've often, we have lost sight of that. Mm -hmm. Everyone's thought that technology is the answer to all of life's problems, where technology <laughs> is a platform for us to solve life problems. It's it's not cool. it's not actually the, the the solution. It's the platform right. for the solution. You know. Um, yeah, exactly. It's a tool. What you do with the tool, you know. Exactly. Go from there. Cool. Um, let's let's dive into your the pyramid you've come up with in the four stages of business growth. So to start with, there are four stages of business growth, right? So. And I put them on a pyramid because it's it's easy and it's 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 kind of representative. So I'm going to draw a pyramid and I'm going to put four stages in it. So the first stage is the stage that um, most businesses find themselves in but don't want to be here for very long because it's just survival. Um, so right down the bottom is just when they're fighting for survival. This is where the boss is working all day, every day, the boss's role um, in that business, in a business in survival mode, the- um, The survival mode, by the way, with the first, it's perfectly normal in the beginning for a lot of businesses. If you're bootstrapped and the owner is working and doing that, you know, that's that's a normal phase. That's a normal part of your evolution. 100%, yeah, absolutely, 100%. It's, um, um, yeah, it's, it's normal to, to go into survival mode, certainly. Every startup that I've ever met is in survival mode. Um, that's just how it is. Mm -hmm. um, and in this stage, you're really what you're doing is you're just chasing sales. You just want to sell, 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 sell because you have to. Um, right, got any customers? Exactly. So sell, 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 <laughs> and that's your job. And the role of the um, the owner in the business normally is um, the owner is the player. Um, might be a star right. player, but but certainly that's that's their role in the business. Is they they are the player. Um, and right, they're that, operating at that individual contributor kind of level, in addition to all the other things they do. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. It's an exciting time. Let's be honest. Startups are in survival mode are really exciting. It's great fun. It really is. Um, it also costs a fortune because you're not making any money. All you're doing is chasing sales. Um, <laughs> right. Um, so whilst it can be lots of fun, it can be very expensive and you've seen companies never get out of survival mode. Um, and that's, mm -hmm. that's tragic, but that's unfortunately just what it is. Um, some companies, well, will, sorry. No, no, no. One, one thing, one reason is it's a little bit addictive, right? So even at a stage where you're able to move up to the next level, sometimes the owners get stuck here because they feel value that's where they bring value valued and important in that role of star player yeah absolutely and if you look at a lot of businesses they're actually started by a person who's a technical whiz and so mm -hmm. they, they they want to remain the player and so that that business is doing nothing more than maybe paying their rent um and um you know just covering off a few of the most basic bills but it's not actually making a return in a business sense so yeah, you're right. It's it's an addictive it's an addictive time. It really is. Um, mm -hmm. The next the next part once we go out of survival mode, so we go from survive to alive. And alive 
is, is slightly different because that means you are actually making some money. And when I say making money, I mean making money as a business, not just turning over money. So you're actually paying your bills on time. You're actually um, getting ahead slowly. It might be very, very slowly, but you are getting ahead. You're not having to keep borrowing money off friends, families, and fools. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you're, you're alive. And this is where you go from normally it's sort of break even to about some business, maybe um, double the minimum wage. Um, I normally find the number for this is you go from zero to about 120K. So zero to 120K a year as, as normally and a lot of businesses. Depends on the business, depends on the model, obviously. But I think people can understand that sort of as a number, if you will. And mm -hmm. again, the, the, the owner in this particular um, stage goes from being the individual contributor, like you were saying, as a, as a player, to more of the uh, the captain. Owner is yeah, now the team, the, the team captain. The team captain, yeah. Um, so they're probably still playing on the team. They're probably a key player in the team, but there might be some other people helping them get to where they are. In fact, there will definitely be some other people helping them get to where they are. Mm -hmm. um, and they're starting to build... The, um, the the structures that actually will enable uh, give them the capability to actually have a business at some point. So they're starting to get systems and structures and responsibilities, and rather than just everybody doing as much as they possibly can. Um, um, this is often when people start recruiting for the first time. This is often where they they get really unstuck because they've joined, uh, sorry, started their business with a passion. And then they have got to hire people who might not share that passion to the same level as what they do. So right. it, it can be a little bit frustrating to deal with teams at that point because it's it's very much a case of, you know, why won't they do it the same way that I do? Um, and, um, yeah. Well, this is really that stage where you have to start, if you haven't already, start building your playbook and fleshing out your processes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, 100%, mate, yeah. If you don't have process by, by this by the end of the stage, then you're really you're gonna you're gonna find yourself with in that glass ceiling, where unable to get ahead because, like like we've said in the past, it's you know, a good idea will make you money, but great systems will make you rich. Um, and this yeah. is where you start seeing this, um, and that leads us nicely to the, the the next level, which is thrive. So one level above alive is thrive. That survive, alive, thrive. Yep. Now, this is when businesses start getting really good to own. Uh, and a lot of people stop at the stage because they kind of understand it. They're still involved with the business, which they understand. And um, and they're still doing really well. So by this stage, the, the business is, is quite profitable, actually. Yeah, it's, it's going really, really well. They're making some really good money. Um they're probably making, the business is probably getting close to what they envisaged the first business would, would look like. So they are truly thriving. They are, you know, the role of the uh, the owner has gone from being the the player, the individual contributor through to the captain uh, and, and sort of managing a team to genuinely managing a business, uh, which is slightly different to just managing a team as we know. Um, and they are, they are a genuine manager. Um, owner manager and it, it's funny because 
Steady, you do a really good take on the the, uh, the, the names of these. You've got the player, so in, in a football team. Um, take take us through your, your football team analogy when it comes to these jobs, mate. Yeah, so, well, I've got a couple. So it's not just not just football, not just so football, soccer, baseball, all of them. We can start thinking about the individual contributor, the player. Um, and you really, we move from there to the team captain, right? So you're still on the field, you're still playing, you're still, you're still selling, you're still doing activities in the business. Um, maybe you're still pouring coffee, you know, or pouring beer or serving customers and that kind of thing, but you're, you're leading more by example in the trenches, right? And then from there, we've got the manager are really focusing on ensuring that the right things happen. So like the player does the right things um, or, and then managers, I think you've said do things right, but managers ensure that things are done correctly, that things are done right. Um, too often we put that in kind of an enforcement role and I don't like it that way. I wanna be more of a support role, but that ultimately takes us to the fourth level, right? Yeah. The coach. So the coach isn't playing on the field, okay? If you, if you imagine the little league coach, if you've ever seen baseball, seen the little league game, and you can envision the coach running around the middle infield um, fielding balls during the game, what would you think of that coach? Exactly. It's not the coach's <laughs> role. Yeah. yeah. It's not the coach's role. You think the coach is crazy. But then the other piece of that is what are those middle infielders? What does second base and shortstop think? Do they think they're good enough? That's kind of a challenge question for you. If you've got a team, if you're listening to this and you've got a team, are you that coach or are you over in the dugout? Are you picking the players that want to be the best in their position? Are you giving them the resources and the training and everything that they need, the culture? Because ultimately that's what you control. You control the resources, you control the culture, you control the player, you know, who, who's playing and you choose the strategy or the processes that are implemented the plays. Yeah, yeah. That's, and that, that gives us, Level four, which is well, that's that's scale, isn't it? This is where you you make mm -hmm. the choice, and and some people stop at, at level three, right? Level three being you got a business sure. that's thriving and making a lot of money. It's all good. You kind of like your role in the business because you know you get you get to go to work every day, um, and you know you've got a purpose, and you're you know you're pretty good at your job, and you've got a successful business. And it, often people who define themselves by their businesses stop at thrive and say, "I'm a successful business owner." Um, you know, and, and that's where I'm at. Um, mm -hmm. And if you make the choice, because it really is a choice, and and I give this choice to to clients very regularly to go from thrive to scale, um, then that is that's getting close to a different business model because that's a business model where you can't actually be involved in operations, and you've got to go from being the um, the manager to the coach, like you said, mate. And that it's a massively different role to to do that it's not just the same of it's not the same scaled up put it like that um if it was the same scaled up then yeah um i understand that but it's not a this is a different role and you become from a financialist perspective you become an investor um and you think mm -hmm. you put your investors hat on and go is this a good use for my for my for my funds for, for my capital um as opposed to going, what use can I make of that money in my business as a manager? So it's a slightly different thinking process and 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 a, a series of sort of rigorous questions you put your you know, your ideas through. Um, so I like what you just said there about the thinking process, though, because it's really a shift in mindset. Mm, and absolutely. and 
if you're not deliberate about the change of role, the change of function for yourself, you know, as the business transitions, um, you're going to run into some roadblocks and you might even end up being the bottleneck in your own business. <laughs> How many times do we have the conversation with owners and say, and, and we draw the upside down bottle and we put the mm -hmm. owner at the, in the neck of the bottle <laughs> right. and we right. say, is this you? And they go, no. And then you ask their staff and they go, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so you need that other perspective. Yeah. <laughs> It is so true. That's just, um, unfortunately, that's that's just one of those things, mate. It's, yeah, it's a very humbling thing, um, yeah, to to have people tell their boss, "Nah, sorry, mate, you're uh, actually the biggest problem we have," and for the boss to take that on and go, "Yeah, fair call, I, I get that." Well, I mean, and I've I've been through that, right? I've seen that in my business, um, and before, actually, before we started working together there um, was a time when I was, so it was a physical therapy business, multiple locations and hiring people for the first time. And you referenced this earlier, like you're good at the thing you do when you start your business, but you're not necessarily good at business. You haven't had any training. We figured out very quickly. We didn't know what in the world we were doing, right? As far as hiring people and managing people and accountabilities and roles and pro all that stuff. Yeah. Um, so you're running around trying to figure it out. Um, Back then, because now we're going back over 20 years, um, I was looking within the profession for training and the resources simply weren't there the way they are today. Um, and it didn't work out well. It, it just didn't, the stuff I, people I tried to learn from, the things that we bought and paid for just didn't turn out that great, okay? Mm. So it was when I first went outside the profession into the first kind of training piece Within six weeks, we were profitable. Within about 12 weeks, I was done with my day at 2.30, which was totally weird because before that, you know, my wife's calling me at 7 p.m. saying, hey, when are you coming home? What's going on? You know, you're not talking to me. What's in, you know, 12-hour days, stressful, running around. It does get addictive though, mm -hmm. right? Because these days when I was done at 2.30, I started wandering around the office. Right, I'm done. I don't That's know what to dangerous. do. <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, Steady's wandering around the office. Oh God, look busy. <laughs> fortunately, no, no, no. The staff was awesome. They all they were busy, but fortunately, we had a great team, and they were just like, "What are you doing?" Mm. Like, well, I don't, I don't know. I'm like, "Are you done?" Like, well, yeah. Like, go, leave. I'm like, where do I go? What do I do? You know, know was, go see her. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, she was at work, right? At that point, I'm like, "What do I do?" So you don't want to start going down to the pub and drinking at 2.30, right? So, but it was like, okay, I can do other things. I can read, I can go play golf, I can do other stuff. I can, you know, and then with kids, that all evolved as well. But it was a real mind shift, a real change in, okay, you can get stuff done much more efficiently. You can, you know, you're running a business better, not perfectly yet. So, you know, doubled down and reinvested in education training. That's, you know, later on engaged you and, um, you know, different coaches along the way, but it was the, the, the hardest part about it was getting my head in the right place mm -hmm. to know what to do with it next. Yeah. Yeah. With myself. And that's something that that, that mindset thing, um, you can kind of prepare for it mentally, but it's not until you're actually thrown in the deep end there and you're actually forced to think, okay, I can't yeah. think like I used to because it's that, it's that book by Marshall Goldsmith, what got me here won't get me there. Um, right. and, and making us, and it's funny because 
the, the four stages are exactly the same. They involve four different mindsets. Mindset yeah. number one, survival. That's why it's called survival mode because that's your <laughs> right. brain set. It's just please right. buy my stuff. I need to sell it now. It's it's I I'm, I need to feed my kids. You know, it's it's that exactly. Thing. And then once you're alive, it's like cool. I can actually start breathing now, and I can pay my bills, and I can um, hire some people, and I can get my my business going, and actually start thinking not about just how am I going to eat dinner tomorrow night. Um, how can I actually um, grow my business? And then that thrive is about really refining the systems and the process and the offer and that type of thing right before you choose to or not to um, go to the fourth level, which is the, the scale level, which is where you can take what you've done, multiply it out because you've got an amazing systems and really strong brand. And you can just take that and, and, and make something much, much bigger. Um, and they are four massively different um, mindsets and focuses for the owner. Um, yeah, one of the things that I struggled with early on too was, you know, I heard from people, you should be working more on your business, not in your business. And working more, that doesn't mean exclusively, by the way, but in the early stages, I didn't even understand what that meant. You know, I knew I was supposed to be doing something I wasn't doing, but I didn't know what. And mm. as you start going forward, you know, as you move through these stages and when you're in the... Um, especially the alive and thrive stages, those are the ones where you're working on the business. When you create processes, when you add to your playbook, when you start building systems, um, those are all things that are going to last you at least mm -hmm. until the next phase, right? So, you know, consider investing a couple hours a week and working on the business and starting to put processes and systems and things in place, start planning strategy, goals, where are you going next? Mm -hmm. All that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's interesting because when we work with people at different stages, you can see. So for, to go from survive to alive is, is a massive shift because and you can see the the weight come off people's shoulders um, when they go from alive. And it's more of a transition from alive through to thrive. It, it just takes a little time to to get the, the ball rolling, if you know what I mean. Um, sure. And then. Once they get to that thrive stage, which let's be honest, for, for most people is going to be them done and dusted and, and they're happy at that level. Um, exactly. For them to transition over to the scale, that's a massive step back in, 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 their, in the running of the business and the time they spend actually focusing on that stuff. Um, mm -hmm. And often, like, so I have a client and he said, uh, if I get if I went to the to the scale level, what would I do with my time? Same sort of question, right? So uh, I said, you'll be working. <laughs> <laughs> I said, oh, do you play golf? And he goes, yeah, yeah, once a week with my mates, and you know, da da da. Um, and um, I said, would you like to play more golf? He goes, no, definitely want to play more golf. I don't like it now. I only do it with hang out with my friends. The last thing I want to do is go and prove to myself that I can't play golf even more often. Um, and so. Anyway, so he discovered a talent for uh, an interest in uh, exotic cars. So he, um, so that was his, his primary driver, actually, was to, to buy himself a, a very, very fancy car. Um, so, yeah, he's, um, you, you've, we're both Porsche fans, Steady and I. You've heard of a Singer Porsche, Steady? No, tell me. A Singer Porsche? Oh, really? Oh, mate. So there's this, this company called Singer and they, they take classic Porsches and they do them up. And 
the one that Apple's buying is, I think, about 700,000 New Zealand. So call that half a million US dollars. Um, yeah, they put all the latest electronics and all that sort of thing on a classic Porsche 9, uh, 911 body. And um, yeah, a single Porsche. Um, so he's oh, ordered he's ordered himself a Singapore. She reckons but by the time he actually gets it landed, it'll be worth 1.2 million New Zealand, which is what, let's say about 800,000 US. For a car. For a car. Sweet. Yes. Oh, I'll ask my 16 year old though, he'll know what it is. <laughs> yeah. He's got a business at scale, so the money is no longer the issue. Um, right. Interesting. You know, I talked at the start of our podcast today um, about the clients that I retired. Mm-hmm. So he went out and bought his dream car. And his dream car, you'll never guess what it is. It's a very, very New Zealand thing to do. He bought himself a, a double cab Hilux, which is a, a what we would call a, a ute or a double cab. So it's got a big deck tray in the back and it's got um, front seats and, and rear seats. Um, and it's he got the top of the range one with, you know, it's like a Dodge Ram. Think of it like right. a, a Dodge Ram. A big pickup truck. Yeah, a pickup truck, but with double cab pickup truck. Right. And that's his dream car. Um, and he bought that and he spent about, I don't know, 90,000 New Zealand dollars on it. But he said, but really, my treat to myself was a digger. I bought myself a digger. <laughs> so he, he just retired <laughs> and he spent a couple of hundred thousand on a digger. I said, what are you going to do with a digger? He goes, I want to move that hill over to there. Because like the sunset's nice, but it blocks out the sunset, so it's going to move a hill in his retirement. <laughs> All right. Hey, so we have. Um, if you stuck with us this long, we have a new proposition for you. Uh, Matt and I are going to each week ask and we'll field questions from you. Questions you think are going to stump us, right? And we'll do our best to see if we can come up with a, a decent answer. But you can send it to us. You can throw it in the comments. Um, you can reach both of us at uh, thebestbusinessintheworld.com. We've got our emails hidden down at the bottom with a little separation for the bots and all that stuff that you can find us and uh, send it there. But send us your questions. Send us your questions that you think, you know, you haven't gotten a good answer. You've struggled with. It's still unresolved. Um, and look, see what we can do. And we want hard questions. We don't want easy questions. We want really, really hard questions that we've got to think hard about. Because that's fun for us. Stump the chumps. Couple of chumps, you get to stump us. I love that <laughs> when you said about that stump the chump. I'm like, that's us. We're, you can stump the chumps. That's a fantastic thing. I'm looking forward to actually getting some really curly questions and relating it back to the best business, best small business in the world book. Because I firmly believe a lot of business problems, in fact, most business problems can be solved by working through the book and actually doing the stuff that's in there because you'll solve the problems before they arise. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, cool. Thanks for another great episode, Matt. We will um, talk, well, next podcast, right? Next week. Next podcast, next week. Um, and we'll have to have a very, very good think about some of the questions that come through. And we will choose our theme based on the quality of the questions that come through because there may well be a theme. Awesome. Sounds good. Travel safe, Sturdy.